So hi guys, welcome to the Another Startup Story podcast. My name is Carmen, your host for today, and together we'll explore and enjoy conversations around entrepreneurship, creativity, and leadership. And so I'm really excited today because we have a really, um, really, really fun guest. We have Handy Hofer, and she is, I guess, what you could call like a triple threat. She started her career in modeling, um, and she is now an actress and also a presenter. Um, and so in today's show, we'll really dive deep into her career journey and how she got to where she is today. And we'll also focus on topics of, you know, building your personal brand, the power of influence, um, wellness, and also touching on other topics such as mental health and, and body image, I guess. So just to give a bit of a background to those of you who don't know Handy. So since the age of 19, she started uh, modeling and she's been on the cover of many magazines, including... 17, Nylon, um, and Shape here in Singapore. And I guess she kind of, you know, discovered um, her, her love for music and she, she auditioned for MTV's host. And since then she's met, you know, tons of celebrities and, and musicians and artists and kind of traveled around Southeast Asia and parts of Europe hosting for MTV. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear more about you know, her journeys and her stories that she has to tell. And most recently, she has been working on her new um, uh, series called Chloe, which um, has kind of like elevated her act, um, acting career. And so her repertoire just keeps on expanding. And, you know, she's not really one to be fitted in one specific box, I guess. And you know, even now she's got her own podcast show um, called Just So We're Clear. So yeah, very, very excited. We've got a lot to talk about. So we'll try to cover everything within um, the time that we have. So hey, Hanley, how are you doing? And how are you coping during this circuit breaker period? <laughs> hey, hi, hi. Can I just say like, I'm kind of blushing hearing you talk <laughs> about me. It's, it, it's so weird. <laughs> when you hear someone uh, kind of talk to you about your career and what you've done so far. Um, but I'm good. You know, we were just saying today, like, yes, answering the question of how are you during this last few months, it's, it's really loaded. Um, mm -hmm. But right now I'm, I'm in a good mood. You know, it's a beautiful day outside. I managed to leave the house for groceries, which is like, which is an occasion. <laughs> so yeah, I'm in high spirits. Have you been um, cooking, cooking more so, or have you been ordering? Like, what's your, um, yeah, what's your routine been like? Mm. So I've been doing a lot of cooking. It's quite, it's, I'm, I have to say, I'm like a really basic, simple cook. And also I, I cook for one, I live alone. Um, uh, so, no, that's yeah. so hard. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's hard. You don't want to be wasteful. So I, yeah, I just end up kind of meal prepping and just doing a lot of uh, veggie based meals throughout, throughout the week. And it kind of lasts me. Um, but routine has been really key right now. I think throughout the week, I, I just try to keep busy and balanced with what I would be doing if we weren't locked in. Um, mm -hmm. and so that's a decent balance of kind of creating uh, exercise and yeah, time for myself. Yeah, I guess that goes on to my next question. Like, if you could, you know, tell us what your day to day looks like, kind of outside of COVID, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so. I guess because I, I do so many different things, it really depends on, on the project I'm working on. Like you mentioned in the intro that I, I did film Chloe last year. So Chloe is a web series and I play the main character of Chloe. And that production took about two months to, to film. It's 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. It's available out now on MeWatch. I mean, like shameless plug, but go watch it. Um, and and so I'll put day, all the links in the show notes. Yeah, so it's all there. <laughs> But uh, I guess a, a normal day outside of, of COVID would have been, uh, so the first half of the day up until maybe like 11 a.m., I dedicate to myself. So that means that I don't open my emails and I try my best not mm. to look into my phone. Um, until 11, 11 a.m., I mean, also depends if I have work early on, but I wake up quite early and I start the day walking my dogs. Um, I'm out of the house instantly. So I spend about 40 minutes walking my dogs. I come back, I have my cup of coffee and then I do my workout and it's either a strength workout or yoga, or if I'm not in the mood to work out, if I really can't, I'll meditate. Mm 
Um, and then mm. I'll have like a really healthy breakfast. Um, and then by the time that's done, you know, it's sort of like that was my me time and I feel like my cup for myself is filled. And so then I'm able to yeah. just open my emails or head to work, head to set or head to a meeting. Um, so yeah, it's really dependent on what the day brings, but the first, yeah, three hours of my, my morning is mm -hmm. dedicated to myself. It's so funny that you say that because three hours, like I have saved on my notes, my morning routine, I guess. And there's just so many things, a lot of things which you mentioned is like exercise, you know, even just making breakfast. And actually like when you time each day, it ends up being three hours of like your morning yeah. routine. And it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's no longer half an hour. It's like a full on, it's like, oh, time for lunch now, you know? <laughs> Um, 100%, yeah. But I do feel like once I have kind of ticked off a lot of those things, especially, you know, at least three out of the 10 items I have to do, I definitely feel just like ready to start the day. And I think it's like, I'm already in the right mindset to tackle the day, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think that's so important. And I think, yeah, during COVID has been like a great time to kind of really solidify um, my morning routine in a sense, you know. Yeah, um, 100%. But yeah, I think um, that that's really exciting in, in terms of, so I guess where I want to start is kind of like back to the beginning, you know, um, just so our listeners can understand almost like what was the, I guess one of the biggest trajectories of your career was when you started presenting for, you know, MTV. And, and so I guess I would love to hear more about, you know, some of your favorite highlights and what were the kind of the you know, fundamental lessons you learned within your industry when you started, you know, working for them? Mm, yeah, it, without a doubt, um, joining MTV really did change my life. It really did. I mean, beyond just on a, a career path, but I learned so much with my time there and I'm still, I still work with them. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're, our relationship is still really strong. They are like a family to me. Um, I learned so much because when I joined, I was, I was like 21 and it was my first truly big role ever. Yeah. So I, I, I learned everything that I guess you would learn in your first workplace, you know, like learning how to work with a team and, and getting my discipline down. Um, yeah, I, it took me to places that I, I didn't even imagine. Um, I ended up hosting so many of their main shows as the main anchor. Um, ended up like, you know, walking red carpets and interviewing celebrities on red carpets mm. to having really sit down, interviewed um, some really big names in the music industry. Yeah. So I guess the whole journey was, it, it was just so, it was just so powerful. It was so filled with energy because every day there was a new challenge or a new opportunity to kind of refine my skill as a presenter. Mm -hmm. um, and we were traveling all over the world as well. So it was just so nonstop. It's, it's really hard to pinpoint key moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. But like, as it, you said, you joined when you were 21, which is quite young, I think, you know, you're still, you know, very early into your, yeah, you know, your 20s. And were you not at one point kind of like, I guess, scared? Like, am I equipped to do this? You know, did you ever kind of experience like imposter syndrome in a way, you know? You know, it's, it's crazy because I feel like me back then had just such this unwarranted confidence that I almost envy in my older years. I'm not saying I'm old, but compared to now, like 21-year-old me was ruthless. So in the sense, yeah. fear, she was so fearless and it was never like imposter syndrome. She was always like, well, I'm here. I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Um, <laughs> Love that. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, and, and also I have to say like, you know, I was the only one in front of the camera, but behind the camera, I had a team that truly became like my family. So I never felt like, I didn't have any support. So that was really key. And that's what people didn't see as well. Like my producers, now cameramen, and, and just everyone who was part of the team, uh, we really built each other up. Yeah, no, I think um, it, it sounds like there was like a lot of support in that sense. And it was a very healthy environment, which ultimately yeah, is what's going to build the foundation of, of your career. So mm -hmm. yeah, super exciting. Um, so I guess like the next question that I had is, uh, you know, you said MTV was almost like an opportunity for you to continually um, improve on your presenting skills. And, 
you know, a lot of our listeners on the podcast are kind of like aspiring coaches or thought leaders and speakers or have a niche in one specific industry. Um, so, and I think we can all kind of use tips on how to present better, how to speak more eloquently um, and present well. And I think that's something you do really well in the way that you try and explain things, like you articulate things very well. Um, and so as like a seasoned MC, can you kind of like share some tips on how you, um, yeah, I guess kind of improved on, on the way that you present yourself, the way that you speak? Yeah, I think, so my presenting style is, is I like to imagine whether I'm talking to a camera or talking to a crowd um, that, and this is, this is a terminology that I use when I started talking to the camera, because speaking to an inanimate object as if it was a human when you're presenting a show is not natural. <laughs> In fact, when I started my producer, when I started when I was 21, by the way, I had no back experience in hosting. My producer actually took a little piece of tape and put a smiley face on it and put it above the camera so that when I would look at the camera, I would be looking at a smiley face um, <laughs> for me Amazing. to help imagine that the person yeah. I'm speaking to is my friend. So that was, first of all, like, whoever you're speaking to, they're mm. not your enemy. They're on your team. So don't yeah. be defensive. You know, people are not out to harm you. Um, secondly, practice. I've had so much time just on the job practicing, learning how to present, talking in front of the, the mirror, uh, using like a water bottle as a mic so that I learn what to do with my hands and how to help, how my hands and not be awkward. Help. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, what do I do with these? Yeah, that <laughs> was something I noticed, actually, when I used to present, at, you know, at a lot of events. It's like, my hand would just do this weird crampy thing. And I would look yeah. back at the video and think, what am I doing? 100%. <laughs> you know, it's all part of it. So, you know, you've got to practice on how you're, like, I'm doing it now. You can see, I'm, see how your hands help you accentuate your points. Uh, so mm -hmm. practice for sure. Um, I would say also, don't be attached to a script. Mm. A lot of people, when they I do agree. speeches or when they present, they, they write their script out and that's great, but then they try to memorize a script mm. and that doesn't work for everybody. Some people can memorize a script and yes, honey, that works for you, uh, but don't be attached to the script. Just know what you actually want to say, mm -hmm. like know what the point you want to make is. And, um, and I guess my final point would be to have patience, like have patience with yourself it is a journey to learn how to present and how to speak clearly and also have patience in the situation. You know, we, yeah. we think we get on stage or we get in front of the camera and we just got, we just got to rush through what we got to say and done. Like, no, pace yourself, take mm -hmm. a pause. Don't forget to breathe. Um, remember the audience, the camera, they're your friend. They're not out to get you. And yeah, just, just know what you want to communicate. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really good advice for people, even like, you know, entrepreneurs or founders who are actually in a boardroom or looking to pitch to investors, essentially you're selling a product or a service and you're trying to convince the other, the other team of, of your idea. And so this is like really, really good advice for them, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I guess in terms of, um, you know, so like I mentioned in the intro, you um, kind of dabbled in, you start out in modding and you've done hosting, you're essentially yeah. a woman of many talents. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess my next question is what kind of, what kind of strategies have you um, applied as to try and transition from different areas of work and how, you know, I think you're quite adaptable in that sense um, and being able to adapt to the needs of, of what, you know, is in demand essentially. And so mm -hmm. can you talk a bit about how you kind of transitioned um, into these yeah. different areas? So it's really, so like I said earlier, when you sent these questions, it was so wonderful to be able to sit down and really take a reflection on what I've learned in, in my different journeys in the different mm. types of industries that I've worked across. And, and the, the common thing that I realized is that, um, all my different avenues have leaned into each other, right? So modeling to hosting to acting, they all, they all lean on each other. And I've taken, yeah, I've taken bits of each into the next one and, and kind of evolved with it. Um, one key thing to highlight about these type of industries is that whether you're modeling or whether you're hosting or whether you're acting, it's a performance to a degree. So 
what you need to do to perform is to be able to find inner confidence. And for me, I feel most confident when I am comfortable. So the strategy that I use to gain my confidence is what do I need to do to allow myself to feel comfortable? And that really boils down to my health. To, Because, yes. to, you know, I'm performing. I'm my own vessel. I'm my own product. My product mm-hmm. needs to be healthy. So things Do you mean like, your mental health or your external health? Physical, like my, physical, my, my physical health, my mental health, that has to be on point. Because I'm not going to be able to be comfortable and then I'm not going to be able to be confident and then I'm not going to be able to deliver the performance mm-hmm. aspect in my roles. So physical health whether I'm showing up for set or about to record something, I make sure that I have slept well, that I have exercised, meditated, or done my yoga so that my my serotonin, my endorphin levels are all balanced. Um, I make sure that I'm constantly eating the right foods, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if, I, if I'm going to go on, on stage and I know that, oh, I just need that little perk of coffee, I'll be mindful and I'm doing it, you know, with a reason, not as mm-hmm. advice. I think that's quite important to, to separate yeah, yeah. as well. Um, and yeah, and I, it really all feeds into each other. You know, once you start looking after your well-being physically and you start being more mindful of yourself mentally and mental health, it, it does benefit you and your performance. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think... I guess mental health and wellness kind of feeds into so many other areas of your life essentially um and like I said before you started out in modeling and have since kind of been in front of the cameras and stuff you've been doing a lot Mm -hmm. of presenting and even now um as an actress um and I guess I just wanted to talk a bit more about you know like you said self-confidence that's when you feel your best and you're able to give you know everything in front of the camera um I guess I wanted to kind of raise the topic of mental health and how that translates mm. into, you know, and to, to just be clear, like for, it, you don't have to be in front of the camera to, you know, we all know mental health is, is a big need for everyone, whether you're running a business or um, about to be overburned or whether you're just like a freelancer trying to gain more, more jobs. I think mental health is such a universal topic. So can you share a bit more about kind of steps that you take to kind of, you know, I guess, just take care of your mental health. hundred percent, hundred percent. The relationship that you have with yourself is probably the most important one. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health is everything right now. And yeah. So for me, journaling has been very key. I find journaling, journaling. Is, right? It's so good. It's, it's, it's literally not, changed it, my life. It really has. <laughs> it really has. Because when you journal, you're directly speaking to yourself. And, and I feel like, at least from my experience, there's nothing stronger than, than, than that. Um, so through journaling, I've been able to, yeah, really strengthen the relationship with myself. Um, uh, I also meditate a lot. <laughs> um, How long do you meditate for? I still haven't quite nailed it. I find it... Like running, it's like, hard. It's listen, really hard. I say, listen, I say I do it a lot, but I'm not saying I'm good at it. I I try, I try, um, especially in recent times with COVID, you know. And also, mm-hmm. I've been living alone, so yeah. the highs and lows have been <laughs> trying. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, meditation definitely helps me um, because I guess I guess it goes hand in hand. So for me, what I'll do is I'll meditate, and then that's the time when I really get to see what's truly on my mind. And then from then I'll journal about it to kind of like work it out with myself. Um, So that's the stuff I do for myself. But at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a baby. So I'll reach out to my friends and like get them to coddle me and and therapize (laughs) just through like chatting with my girlfriends. That really helps me. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Developing like and fostering deep relationships essentially. Mm -hmm that's what's going to foster into, you know, our happiness and our well-being, I think. It's so mm-hmm. undermined, but uh, and I think that's why so many people are struggling right now because we can't see people. And I know we can FaceTime, but it's just not the same. It's right? not the same. Yeah, we're social creatures. We're, we're mm. built for communities. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's worrying right now. Yeah, it is, but hopefully not for, not for too long. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. Uh, I guess, um, you know, you've worked with so many brands, like, uh, not to mention a few, you've worked with Vice, Dior, Lululemon, um, very notable names, I guess, all with very different kind of 
you know, vibes and, and energies. Um, my question is, what do you think are the kind of key characteristics um, these brands are looking for when they um, collaborate with you? Yeah, so, so I feel like you kind of said it in the question and, and they are very different brands. And I think that one thing that I, I've developed in my career is the flexibility to be able to work with such a range of different brands because I am different. Um, and the common thread with, with what I feel like all these projects when they come to me is that they're openly embracing people's differences. And mm -hmm. I feel like this has been a really great change in the industry in the last how many years, but we are celebrating what makes people different. Mm -hmm. And that's also a message that I personally like love and I push with all my, my social media and all my podcasts. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a little different in the sense that just through my career, there are so many avenues that brands can go down to engage me with. Like I have a background in, in music through MTV and also mm -hmm. I was a radio host for a while. So that also adds in with my music experience. Yeah. I was involved yeah. with high fashion with my modeling days. Um, you know, like there's I'm involved. a lot of connection. People. There's a lot of yeah. connection that can go through, but also, you know, I, I, I hope that, and I believe that one thing that brands connect with, um, on a, like a personal level and also on like a, a personal brand level, social media is that people mm -hmm. are really starting to um, prefer authenticity. Yeah. Like people want to connect with real humans. And, and I think this whole age of this curated feed is, is kind of dwindling out and people just mm -hmm. want more, I guess, realness, yeah, authentic, <laughs> realness a little realness. realness. Yeah, exactly. So while these brands and the brands that I've worked with, it's true. When I look back at the, the list, they're all very different. Um, I think it really speaks more as a reflection of society as a whole of the trends and the, the traits that we are embracing moving forward, which is, yeah, just something a little bit more authentic and real and mm -hmm. just not curated and, yeah, and, and relatable. Yeah, totally. I think there's been a massive, if you look at advertising back in mm -hmm. like you know, 10 years ago, there was a lot more out of home, you know, and TV adverts. But nowadays, we buy our products um, based on recommendations of our friends and, and people that we follow. This is a lot more, can you see how it's gone for more, you know, viewership to like communities, right? And mm -hmm. more sp like spreading the word and kind of, yeah, referrals in a sense. So, and this kind of brings into the topic of the power of influence, you know, and I think, I guess that's why the word influencer kind of evolved. And, and I think a lot of people are, a lot of influencers I know are using their platform, whatever they do, whether they're actresses, artists or singers or whatever, they're using their following to almost communicate for, um, I guess, a greater good or a greater cause and to raise awareness essentially. And so, you know, you've got over 46,000 followers on Instagram. And so I think it's very fair to say you're an influencer. So I guess I've got two questions for you. And that's like, how did you initially build your personal brand outside of, you know, the paid work that you do? And then secondly, how do you envision using your following as a platform to almost, you know, raise awareness for any specific cause that you feel passionate about? Yeah. Um, so building a personal brand, I think the most important thing to know is your values. I think for me, it, it's a little different because my product is myself. I don't really have a wall between what I'm selling and who I am. Um, so I have to have a very uh, strong hold on what my values are. And also, since I've been in front of the camera from such a young age, these questions of who are you? What do you want to represent? Were really presented to me a lot earlier, I feel, than my peers. Because, yeah. you know, when you're so young and you're 21, you really are still figuring out who you are. But mm -hmm. at the same time, when you're put in front of the camera and in a way in a limelight and you're put in front of the cameras, people are like, but who are you? So... <laughs> <laughs> And I guess you're kind of like self-examining yourself. Like if you look back, yeah. back then at your videos or videos of yourself, it's kind of like, but you know, what am I doing wrong? Who do I represent? Like exactly. what are people saying so, about me? Exactly. So, you know, it, it was a really uh, interesting journey to really understand the, the weight and importance of knowing your values. Um, mm. I mean, this can be applied to, you know, personal life as well, but 
as a brand, know your values, know what you stand for. Um, and then once those are solidified, then use that as sort of the mirror to reflect on everything else that you're doing, the brands that you choose to work with. Are they in line with mm -hmm. who you are? But really, really though, yeah. you know? You know? Um, and, and what are you posting? Are you posting it because these are in line with your values or is it because it's trending? You know, are you, are you, girl, are you yeah. really a hype beast? Are you a supreme lover or is it just because it's trending? <laughs> you know, you ask yourself these things Perfect. and if the answer is no, I'm not, be okay with that. Because that kind of leads into my second point, which is then consistency, right? So then you find your values and then you be consistent with them. And, 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 and over time, the consistency will actually build up more quality in who you are as a brand and as a person. Mm -hmm. And then I guess that would be my third point, which is quality. So there goes two ways with quality and in my industry, because my industry is heavy image based, right? So yeah. quality, is it quality in your image or quality in your messaging? Like what, what is your quality going to be based on? Um, mm -hmm. And what I mean by quality in your messaging is like, okay, you have an opportunity and you have an influence. What do you actually want to say? Like what, what do you have to say? And does it actually, you know, does it matter? What's the reason that you're trying to put this out there? Mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of whys. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. important to ask yourself this when you have a platform um, mm -hmm. because you never know what you're going to put out and how that might connect with somebody and how that might help them in their ways. So that was the first part of that. What was the second part of that question? Yeah, totally. I think it's just like digging a bit deeper, really. Um, so, yeah. so just to summarize, you said, firstly, your value, what, what would you say are your values just out of interest? Oh, you? so, so oh, my three values right now. <laughs> <laughs> Check out people. <laughs> I'm to hear this. <laughs> uh, my three values is uh, compassion, um, honesty, and freedom. Yeah, I love that. I think, to be honest, honesty was definitely, you know, one of the core pillars, core values for another startup story as well. Mm -hmm. Just because I think, you know, sometimes it's just like honesty with ourselves as well, not just with the people around us. But so often it's like, it's so hard to cut through the noise and really be honest with ourselves and be like, is this what I want to do? Or am I just mm. following to survive pressure? You know? 100%. Um, yeah, you were saying values, um, consistency and quality, right? Yeah, quality. Yeah. Um, I guess the, ne the next question, the second part was, yeah, how do you see your, how do you see yourself kind of, you know, utilizing your following, I guess, and your platform to kind of voice or raise awareness for a specific, specific cause or topic that mm. you feel passionate about? Yeah, so, so I feel very passionately about um, mental health and self-love and, and pushing that agenda and really, really hitting home to people that, you know, you can... It's like this whole, someone said it to me in this way, which is like self-love. I love myself. I'm looking after myself so that I can look after you. It's like, I can only fill up your cup if my cup is full. And, and yeah, I really believe sure. that. No, um, no. Uh, um, so, you know, with the messaging that I choose when I, when I do post things on Instagram um, and what I do with my podcast, which is just so we're clear, is really just kind of... Uh, creating conversation, I hope, and creating thought uh, with, with um, you know, younger peers or younger women in Southeast Asia to, to kind of come to their, their own realization about the importance of their self-worth. Mm -hmm. I never want to push an agenda into someone's face or push my beliefs down someone's face with my messaging. I yeah. merely want to provoke enough thought for someone to hopefully get there to, by themselves. Because, you know, I've seen, I've seen really like loved ones in my life just tear themselves down because of a lack of self-love. And there is nothing more painful than seeing the person that you love hate themselves. Like they're like, because you can't do anything to help them. Mm. There's nothing you can do. You know, you can yeah, tell someone true. how amazing they are, but if they don't see that for themselves, they're never going to believe it. And that hurts. And I yeah. guess from my own experience, I never want anyone to, to feel like that. So yes, I will always like say self-love, love yourself. And that's what I hope to do with my influence is to push that and help people realize mm -hmm. the importance of that. But, but can you just like break down what self-love 
is because I think it's so often a word that's like thrown around and I think especially for men as well listening like men can kind of see it as like oh self-service just like girls having a bubble bath you know or right a pampering night and that could that is part of it too but you know how can we go define it and break it down a bit more for our listeners especially you know male counterparts Yeah, for sure. Because the whole self-love hashtag has been overtaken by chocolate, which, you know, yes, it is. Hashtag self-love. I get that. Um, uh, I think self-love is, first of all, being vulnerable and, and being honest with yourself. And it is allowing yourself to be uncomfortable with, with yourself. I think one thing that, you know, this modern life has done is that We've created a hustle culture, yeah, which has taken away from our our right as humans, as individuals, to stop to feel, because mm-hmm. we just have kind of taken on being busy as a trait. Yeah, totally. Right, and so what we've done is that we've just kept so busy trying to hustle, hustle, hustle that we actually just have become so like out of touch with how we feel what we're doing yeah what we're doing and why we're doing this this is actually make me happy so Mm -hmm. so self-love is is really like taking that time to check in with yourself like am I being the person that I actually like Mm -hmm. like do I actually like myself like self-love is about mask self-love is about can I live with myself for the rest of my life and and what are the steps I can do to to change that if the answer is no yeah, totally. I think it's like, it boils down to reflection at the end of the day, which mm-hmm. is going back to journaling, you know, <laughs> this is why, yeah. journaling is so important because it literally takes, you know, two seconds, you keep your eye off the ball and your life is going, you know, you think you're on track and it's going down a completely different path, just basically based on the decisions and the choices that you make in life. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely experienced it myself, you think you're on track and then all of a sudden things are just not going in the way that you want it to be. And it's just about Checking in is a really good, you know, way to put it. 100%. 100%. And self-love comes with like self-compassion. So then, oh, actually you realize that you haven't been giving time for yourself. And then then to then say, that's okay, you know, and and to give yourself a break too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I guess like, you know, self-love, we spoke earlier on about kind of fostering deep, you know, relationships and connections and, you know, with you working in the entertainment and I guess kind of in the past music industry and very kind of like showbiz, you know, um, I guess my next question is how have you managed to find the right people in your life? Like how have you managed to find your people, you know, despite, and we'll talk a bit more about Chloe in a sec, but um, for those who have watched the series, Chloe, it's it's kind of like a world of backstabbing competition, you know, Mm -hmm. very, you know, superficial. And so, and I'm sure that's probably not too far from the truth, right? Um, so I guess the question is, how do you stay grounded and foster those kind of um, true and genuine connections and relationships? Within my industry, you mean? Yeah, I guess in your personal life and how, you know, because I think it's so important to have your, you know, your network, your support network to help you further yeah. your career or whether you're starting a business, whatever you're doing, like everyone needs that kind of support everyone network, right? That, right? Yeah. So how have you um, kind of learned to filter out? you know? Yeah. Don't, don't trust uh yes men. Your friends are there to challenge you, you know, like if you're surround yourself by people who are just like, yes, yes. You're <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> like, are you ever going to grow? <laughs> so I, I was probably my jeans. Very... I look good in these jeans and I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, you should take that 10th shot of tequila. Like really? Should I? <laughs> <laughs> so um, you need to go uh, home now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I, I have to say, like, I have to, to, to give an acknowledgement to my, my close friends who I was very fortunate to find very early on in my life. And I've had a very close knit group of friends for, yeah, for a very long time. And, and we are not the kind of friends who will just be yes men. If someone's doing something bad, we will kind of call them out, check in on them. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. all done in a very much like mama bear, I love you kind of uh, mentality. Mama. Yeah. Yeah. So actually going on to Chloe, um, 
yeah, I guess, can you kind of tell me a bit more about how process was with filming it and, you know, the challenges, challenges, like, were you quite involved with the script writing and, yeah, just share a bit more um, with the, tell us about the process when you were yes. in the show. Okay, so, <laughs> so for those of you who are unfamiliar with Chloe, Chloe is a 10-part web series. It's out now. I played the lead character of Chloe. Um, uh, my role is... Uh, Chloe, who is a influencer, influencer, excuse me, influencer who wants to become an actress. Um, so she's very much involved in this superficial life of well, what you see online. Mm. Um, but there is a twist because Chloe is a horrible person. <laughs> she's a horrible person. She creates a lot of scandal. She literally will do anything she needs to get what she wants and uh yeah she's a ruthless ruthless one try not to give too much away i was not involved in the script writing um it was a production done by duo studios they are a singapore-based production house uh script writers directors they are all so so creative um and it was just so great to be part of a production coming out of singapore that was really bold with their ideas I think Singapore productions have this attachment. It's very unlike Singapore, actually. Exactly. No, I exactly. Agree. <laughs> yeah. So Singapore productions do have this um, this sort of uh, stigma, I would guess, attached mm. to it from previous years and previous generations of just making very like soapy kind of content that people were not, or at least the newer generation were not loving. Um, yeah. But this show, as you said, is different. From, a, from one of those like classic, you know what I mean, Singapore productions. It's a bit more back provocative, then. I guess. It's a bit more provocative. Know. It's scandalous. Mm. It, it does touch on a lot of key points of the society that we live in. A lot of the, the script was actually taken from true events that happened in Singapore as well. So oh, really? Some little, well, yeah, there's some little Easter eggs in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was one of my first... It wasn't my first lead role, but it was the first time that I was able to, to truly allow myself to kind of transform into Chloe. And, and that was a very big learning experience for me in my acting career. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was uncomfortable at times. Um, what made it uncomfortable? It was uncomfortable because Chloe as a character is not somebody that I have to say I like. She's a massive so, bitch, by the way, for those who haven't seen the show. She's a fucking bitch. She's a psycho. She's like next level emotionally she's manipulative. Exactly. And, and I am a very sensitive soul. So I would honestly <laughs> Yeah, like, which is like the complete opposite. Complete opposite. So I would like play this scene and I would be this mean person. And then afterwards I would have to like go shake her off because I would literally <laughs> you feel like a like, stilling. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I felt so icky to have Chloe left over on me um but yeah it was so awesome yeah I'm I'm like midway through I haven't quite finished it yet but I'm excited to see how it ends up but um yeah you guys should definitely tune in um thank you yeah yeah I guess uh you know the process of you kind of um before Chloe was actually released can you kind of share with us the the main process that you took in terms of promoting the series because I know uh, we work with a lot of creatives who are kind of like in the midst of launching a new book or a new ebook mm. or course. And I think this is something that's quite difficult. You spend so long, like, as I'm sure, how many months did you spend producing? So like, two months it? to film, two months to film it. Um, uh, but then I got to give credit to Duo Productions because they're the ones yeah. who really, they did the Editing, production. Yeah, yeah. That took them so long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you spend so much time actually creating this product or service and and then it's like oh my gosh I'm gonna have to get the word out there and the whole marketing you know phase is quite tiring sometimes and not everyone's forte you know so yeah can you share some tips on how you kind of got the word out there and if there's any kind of you know yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. I totally get it because as a creator it's when you yeah it it's it's so many things to to put your, your whole, your heart, your soul as a creator into a product. And then mm. to take that and put it out in the world is very brave. I don't think a lot of consumers realize that it's, mm. it's scary. It's yeah. scary. 
Um, and you're right, being uh, marketing is its whole game in itself. And not everybody has that to, to push themselves out there. Maybe it's not your thing to talk mm -hmm. about yourself. But this shift in mindset is, is pretty key, um, which is that you need to realize that nobody is going to be your biggest cheerleader like yourself. Yeah. Like no one's going to do this for you. So the people who are out there and making it big and playing big have literally teams mm. to, to push them and push their image and market them. There are teams, hundreds of people involved in pushing out a creative product. And as an individual, you don't have that. So you need yeah. to be your own team. You need to, to, yeah, be your own cheerleader. Like push yourself like you are the best thing in the world. <laughs> I know it can sound, that can sound arrogant, but it's true. Oversell yourself. You know, don't be shy. This is a product mm -hmm. that has a bit of your soul in it. You want it to be seen. So you got to treat it like it's that and, and literally like treat it like gold and, and push yourself. And yeah, it, it might seem awkward and it, you know, don't get it confused for arrogance. Don't like it's your work. Mm -hmm. It's you have to it's push your craft, yourself. Essentially. It's your craft. What did you put all that effort for? If you don't want, mm -hmm. if people are not going to see it. Yeah, I think so many people struggle with that because, you know, they are talented, whether it's like in writing or, you know, like, like you acting. And, and I think some people really struggle with they're good what they do, but they don't know how to promote themselves, you know, and mm -hmm. that kind of falls down to new business. Like, how are you gaining new business by, you know, self-promotion? And I know self-promotion can be name and shamed in a way, but there is a healthy and authentic way of doing it, I think. You know? 100%. 100%. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a. I find it. I find it like there are so many brilliant creatives out there who, who just, yeah, they don't push themselves or they don't have the support um, because it's just not in their nature to mm -hmm. to to yeah put themselves yeah, out there. And no, I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. But it the truth is that you know in business that's how you do it. That's that's the difference. Like being your own salesperson. Mm, yeah, <laughs> pushing yourself out there yeah. <laughs> totally it's a skill to learn within itself you know especially now with the way that everything's moving digitally and everything um so yeah I'm just quite conscious of time so I'm gonna wrap up soon but I just wanted to ask a few more questions um and the next one being uh I guess if you had to gift one book to others what would it be and why Ooh, this was a hard one. <laughs> Everyone always trips up with this question. It's always the hardest. Hmm. <laughs> Will you okay, come back so to it? No, I have an answer, but this is... Okay. Okay. This book, it's a children's book. Okay. <laughs> it's Dr. Seuss, All the Places You'll Go. Do you want to share a bit more? No, I haven't. I'm going to go after though. Um, the places, wait, let me. Yeah, Is it it's a Singaporean author. No, Dr. Seuss. Um, you know, the guy who did the Lorax and the Grinch. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, that Swiss guy, he's old. His oh, books okay. are old. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a children's book, I know, but it, it's. It's Why all the places favorite? you'll go by Dr. Seuss because the message is so key at any stage in your life. And my boyfriend and I were reading it for fun the other day, but as we were reading it, we were like, this is some philosophical, like, wow. <laughs> wisdom here. This is wisdom, wisdom right, right here. here. <laughs> you know, and it's easy to read and it just makes you feel good. And, and, you know, you don't have to throw yourself in and go through a journey with it. It's just a nice reminder of, um, yeah, it, it, it's like, so what if it's a children's book? We all have our inner child. Like, let's no, get the course. messaging from it, it. Yeah, I think out of all the people that I've interviewed, and I've interviewed quite a lot, I think you're the second person who recommended a child's book, actually. Really? The other one, who was, who was the other one? I can't remember. I think it was a, a creative director, actually, of an agency based in Belgium. Um, and yeah, he recommended this children's book. But I guess it's just taking it back to basics, really. And 100%. it's like, when you talk about that, I think of like Disney films and how there's like underlying messages within like a lot of yeah. Disney films that you have. Um, interesting. Uh, yeah, so then my next question is, 
what would you say is the, you know, if you could be mentored by someone an entire year, who would it be? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm such a big fan of Jamila Jamil right now. Like I love her. Um, but also because she started off as a presenter for a music network. And then she went on to do radio and, and that's very similar. I mean, I started at MTV and then I went on to radio yeah, and then yeah. she became an actress and then she started a podcast and I was like, oh my God, I also did those things. We're living the same life. <laughs> oh my God. Um, uh, I, I love her. I think I love the way that she's so outspoken. I love, I love the, the topics that she touches on. I love what she represents. Um, yeah, her. What kind of topics does she focus on? So her... Yeah, so so her recent podcast, which is I Weigh, it basically challenges like the whole beauty industry, the whole standard of beauty that we have now. It touches a lot mm-hmm. of on, you know, it just gives a really good lens into the ways that the struggles we have as women are still so heavy. Um, and she just does such a good way of, of bringing them to light without, she does a good way of bringing these topics to light without letting the listener feel like a victim but rather more right. educates them in such a way that we now feel empowered to make our own change. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way that you communicate your message, really, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. It's really yeah, I give, a, I give it a listen. Um, amazing. Um, so I guess, last two questions. Uh, what would you say is, you know, the biggest lesson um, that you would pass on to kind of like aspiring actresses um, or, or people who are within your industry? Hmm. So I think for, for industry advice, um, always stay humble. You know, I've worked with so many different stars through my time at MTV and the ones that make a lasting impression are the ones who really take the time to say hi to everybody in the room. You know, like they don't think that they're better than everyone. Like nobody likes a diva. So always take your time to show the same amount of respect to everybody in the room. Who cares what title, what job they have? Like that's just a human decency. So wherever you are, carry that through. You'll go further. Mm-hmm. People will always remember how you made them feel. Um, yeah. So that's pretty key. And what was the other one? No, impact on, what was, it, what was the second question with that? No, I hadn't asked the second question. The last okay. question I wanted to yeah. ask was, <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, what you, like, what do you envision for yourself for the next five years? You know, or where do you see your kind of, I don't want to say create someone that's kind of limited to that. You know, but mm. where do you see yourself like going and what, what your trajectory will be like in the next five years? Yeah, um, it's really interesting because if you asked me this in December, I had a different answer. But after the last two months of just sitting in down, sitting indoors and really reflecting, yeah. um, uh, I definitely would love to have more acting roles because that's something I'm truly enjoying. Um, uh, I would love for my podcast to develop on and just have a lot more amazing speakers on it, hopefully uh, adapted into a web uh, video platform as well. So it's not strictly a podcast that maybe it can turn into a talk show, you know, who knows? Um, and I just also see myself traveling for longer periods of time outside of Singapore. Maybe I'll disappear for a year and live on a farm. And then you guys will see me pop up. <laughs> Do you see yourself kind of, you know, eventually settling down in, in like the countryside or the city? Or do you think Singapore will always be your home? Singapore will always, always be home. Singapore will always be home. Um, but I, are your parents I have, here? Yeah, so my parents are here. My father lives in Sri Lanka, but they kind of cross-commute, which is right, impossible right. right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I beautiful. think... Beautiful. Yeah, I think one thing that being locked in has really uh, made me realize is the importance of our natural world, and and I do feel like as an individual and as a society, we've kind of lost our connection and our relationship, our individual relationship with nature. And so, Mm. I hope that in the next five years, I develop even more sustainable practices, and I really do hope to know where my footprint. 
I've also become just crazy mindful of my personal waste just from oh my being God, at same. Yeah, and just, totally. And just how much I actually consume and, and, yeah. and that's something that I can't go back on either. So a lot of the, the moving forward in the next five years is just becoming, just, just becoming like eco-responsible for, mm-hmm. for the damage that we have. And, and yeah. yeah, totally. And I think that that's a topic that we didn't really get a chance to explore too much on, but I think I don't want to use the word sustainability because again, it's like one of those buzzwords that's just gone round. But essentially, mm-hmm. you could call it like the you know regenerative economy, essentially. And I think um, people still there is still that stigmatism where people kind of label those people who are interested as like the hippies or whatever. And it's actually no, this is your planet too. You know, how are we gonna essentially take those small steps? And um, I interviewed last year Steph, which I think you know Steph Dixon mm-hmm. from Green is the New Black, and. Yeah, people like her, change makers, doing amazing things and trying to help, you know, the world move to a better place, essentially. But until we all become conscious and, and do our part, then we're going nowhere. 100%. I mean, honestly, hasn't this been such an eye-opener about how important our, our world is? Yes, yeah, exactly. I'm so ridden with guilt every time I go to the supermarket because I come back and I'm like, all this packaging (laughs) I know I know the packaging is crazy and I think that's one thing I did I did like a fall because I had the time um to spare kind of thing over COVID and lockdown I did like a full audit of um just like the toiletries I was using obviously makeup products toiletries um skincare like cleaning products even like yeah just everything and just seeing what chemicals are in there what the packaging is this is like this is just one person just me you know exactly exactly i me too just as like a solo living in by myself situation i'm like how have i made this much waste it's it's Mm. yeah so after covid definitely a lot greener for sure yeah good point i agree all right i'm gonna have to wrap up now unfortunately um and yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining Hanley. I think it's been really interesting to hear your journey and your story and how you've kind of got to where you are today. And I think a lot of people would be super inspired by your story and have lots of takeaway notes um, and action points to kind of put into practice. Um, and what I'll do is I'll put all the details. You can connect with her um, and I'll put the link to the Chloe show in the show notes. Um, yeah, and if you're looking for more inspiration, there's tons of other stories and interviews and other resources, just head to anotherstartupstory.com or you can find us on Instagram um, where the interview will also be transcribed. Okay, well, thank you so much again. Um, thank you yeah, so just much for having me. <laughs> I love that chat. Thank you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thank you. Just wrapping up now. Bye, guys. Bye.